Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. I hope you're ready to get into God's Word this morning. Um, because it's not a mistake that you're here, whether you were drug here or whether you just come routinely, whatever. Um, there's a reason that you're here, and there's a reason that I'm speaking. So um, it's going to be truth, um, and I pray that everyone that leaves here has encountered God in a way that's more than you ever have before. Um, Matthew eighteen twenty. this is what it says. It says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. And 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. So if we put these two together, when we gather in agreement as a church body, as we gather in agreement with one another, God is in the midst of us. And where God is, there's freedom. Right. Understand, get that. That where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, and we're gathering, He's here. So today is an opportunity for you to leave this place set free, forgiven, you're, you're, there's freedom that's going to reign when there's agreement taking place. A little bit about me. Um, obviously, I'm the youth pastor here. My name is Pastor Chris Holman, and I'm grateful and thankful that God has placed me in this church for a hungry generation, for a hungry youth group that wants more of what God has for them. And this series was kind of crazy how Pastor Terry wrote it when we were speaking, encouraging and praying over one another. This message is a message that I wrote during that time. And it speaks so much truth, but your hearts have to be open to receive and your ears have to be able to listen to what God's word tells you. And I pray that this morning that you respond to to anything at any point. You say, man, he's speaking to me. I want you to respond to it. I'm going to ask that you be obedient. Um. My objective is not to speak, not to step on your toes at all, but I want to speak to your heart. So don't think that I'm up here yelling. I'm not monotone. I may run. I may jump. I may cut cartwheels, backflip. I can't cut backflips, but if I could, I would. (laughs) But here's the thing is I'm not monotone, and if you feel like I'm in your face, it's because Jesus is speaking to your heart. Okay, so I want you to take that. Um, One thing that Christianity has fallen into is is we think that it's okay to be a Christian and not be a disciple. And the thing is, is being a Christian is being a disciple. And that's where we miss is, we, the world tells us that Christianity is a routine. It's Sunday and Wednesday, let's go to church and let's clear conscious. That's, um, that's Christianity to the world. On my left hand, I got, or left wrist, I got N-O-T-W uh, tattooed on my wrist. This stands for not of this world. Because if we believe the world, if we listen to the world, and we, we said, okay, it's okay to be a Christian and not be a disciple. If we settle into that, we're not furthering the kingdom of God. Jesus said that my kingdom is not of this world. Being a Christian is not coming to church twice a week. It's living that daily relationship. Becoming a Christian is not a prayer. It's walking that daily relationship out. This more series, this more moment, I hope that you leave here with more of God than what you came in. If you came in for a routine, clear your conscience, then you're going to leave here filled up, and I believe that, and I speak it. 
Because you're here for a specific reason. You're here for a purpose. I'm going to read these statistics because they blew my mind. My youth have heard them for two or three weeks now. But it blows my mind. It says 10% of church members cannot be found. 20% of church members never attend church. 25% admit that they never pray. 35% admit that they do not read their Bibles. 40% admit that they never contribute to the church tithe or offering. 70% never assume responsibility within the church. 85% never invite anyone to church. 95% have never won anyone to Christ. But 100% expect to go to heaven. If that doesn't punch you in the mouth, I don't know what will. Because we all expect to go to, go to heaven. We think, man, we can do this thing. We can live this Christian life. We can, we can come to church. That's good enough. When I stand judgment, that moment when he says, depart from me, I never knew you. But I prophesied in your name. But I cast out demons in your name. But I did your work in your name. But you didn't live it out. You weren't real. You weren't transparent. You weren't obedient. And there's four stages today that I'm going to go over. This series called More. If you take notes, um, it's called Overflow Me. If you don't take notes, you need Jesus. So I pray that you get saved. (laughs) But here's the thing is, There's four stages, and every single person in this place can relate to one of them, at least one of them. And it's going to start with this picture that's completely empty. So the first stage, if you take notes, is completely empty. It's empty. There's nothing in there. It's dry. If I turn it over, nothing comes out. This is a place that you could have possibly came into this place today. This is not a Christian. This is someone lost and far from God. And, and what we do, and I don't have anything to stick in here, but we try to put our jobs in here, like that'll fill us up, or our relationships in here, that'll fill us up, or our friends and our family and our, our sports, our favorite teams, man, that will fill me up, but there's still empty space all around you. There's constant emptiness. There's no way that you can pile a bunch of junk in here and fill every space. And this five-gallon jug symbolizes the Holy Spirit. This is God. This is His Spirit. This is His love, His mercy, His forgiveness. And right now, there's none of that in here, although it's offered to it. It's available there. There's forgiveness right there. It's so close. I mean, like it's almost like, like, like it's almost there. But it's not. But it's not. And so what happens is when we say, you know what? I'm going to take everything that I try to put in front of God. And I'm going to try to take God and put him first in front of everything. Everything in my life. Psalms 55, 22 says, cast your burdens on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And how do we become righteous? First John 1, 9 says this. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So then we become righteous. 
We're not supposed to come like, we're not supposed to become a God for ourselves. We're supposed to become godly. There's a difference in that. None of us are perfect. All of us are sinful. That's our human, that's our nature that we want to go to. But through Christ Jesus, we're forgiven and we're cleansed and we're righteous. But when we confess our sins to him and he cleanses us, here's what happens. You can relate with this. If you don't relate with emptiness, here's the second step. This is stage number two. You're looking at a half full, half empty picture. That this is, a lot of times we give our life to Christ and we say, here's number one. We give our life to Christ. We, we pray, we get on our face and we ask God, God, come into my heart, cleanse me of my sins, forgive me. And we surrender our life to him. But we put on the brakes when it comes to our finances or when it comes to giving up that addiction because we have to leave room. So it becomes half full, half empty. Why? Because you want a little bit of Jesus and you want to remain doing the things that you want to do. The world tells us that's okay. I heard it this week. It's okay to, to watch a rated R movie. It's got 150 F words. Let that serve as your entertainment, please. That will send you straight to hell. You keep feeding that junk into you, that's what comes out of you. There's no room when you're completely full for that mess. I don't care how strong of a Christian you are. The problem is our second nature is that sinful nature, and that's what we want to go back to because it's the easiest route. We try to justify things that contradict God's word to make it okay for us to live that way. So a lot of you may have come in at half empty, half full. This tells me, hey, I can be a Christian, but I don't have to serve at my church. This tells me I can be a Christian, but I don't have to tithe. This tells me I can be a Christian, but I can still do all the things that I'm addicted to. I'm still a Christian, but I live just like the world. There's something missing, and it's one word, it's more. There's got to be more. If we live like that, we're doing more work for the devil than we are Jesus. You never thought that you would be working for the enemy, but man, if he said a perverted joke and I laughed and it instigated more. What you put in front of you, what you put into your body, what you eat comes out, what spiritually you eat comes out. So half empty, half full, that's accepting that being a Christian, you don't have to be a disciple. I'm a church member. I'm a member of this church. I've been baptized. I've given my life to Christ, but you know what? I go twice a week. Some of you can relate with that. It's time that we start stepping up and we ask God for more. And here comes to our third stage. This is our third stage here. Some of you can really relate with this one too. Even staff, even leaders. Because it's beautiful. It's completely full. There's no room for anything else. And it's purified. It's clean. Somewhat clean. Came out of a hose pot, but... 
There's some stuff floating in there. But the, the fact is that it's clean, that it's purified. You can see straight through it. It's transparent. It's real. There's no room for junk in there. There's no room for junk in there at all. And if you're living half full, half empty, and you're putting junk in your life, and you're continuing to live the way that you want to live and accept that Christianity is just going to church twice a week, and you accept that I don't have to pray, I don't have to read my Bible. When you accept that, that that's when you're half empty, half full. But when you say, you know what, God, I surrender everything to you, my finances, my family, my relationships, my job, I could care less if I lose it because, God, I know that, that you're going to provide for me as long as you're not stupid. But here's the thing is, you give your life to Christ. You surrender everything to him. In Galatians 2.20, this was used last week. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If you walk back to our youth center above the, above the doorway, you'll see 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So at this point in your life, you're cleansed, you're set free, you're forgiven, you're purified, you're righteous. You've become new. You're, new, you're a new creation at this point. And you say, man, that is beautiful where I'm at. That, that fullness right there, that is so beautiful. I'm full of Jesus. That is, that is so beautiful. But let me introduce you to the enemy. This cap represents the enemy. Because you can be filled with Jesus. You can be completely full. But let me just put the cap on the enemy. All right, so hold up. I'm filled completely with Jesus, but there's an issue here. There's an issue here. The enemy the enemy's reminding me that I'm not good enough. The enemy is reminding me that I don't know enough about the Bible. The enemy is reminding me that, that I sound stupid when I talk. The enemy is holding me back from standing up when jokes and comments are said they're inappropriate. But here's what you say. You say, you know what, but I go to church twice a week. I go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. And Jesus says, here I am. You're completely full, but you come to church, you come to church, and did any of that just go in there? Absolutely not. But Because the enemy continues to remind me that I'm not good enough, that I'm not good enough, that I don't know enough, that I'm not smart enough. Some of you are saying, Chris, but he's completely full. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? That's good enough. Don't you see that there's more? There's got to be more. Because when the enemy puts a cap on you and lies to you, you begin to become depressed. You begin to go to other addictions. You know the smoking that you gave up? Yeah, you're going back to it. The drinking that you gave up, you're going back to it. Because the enemy has consistently reminded you that you're not good enough. He's discouraged you. He's brought you down.
when we accept Christianity without being a disciple, there's issues. How do we expect to further the kingdom of God if we come to church twice a week and that's all we do? Isn't that what God has called us to do? Is further his kingdom, to live for him, to worship him. He's putting breath in our body, healed us, put us out on the streets, put us into a community, raised us in Greenville, South Carolina, have a church in Malden, South, for a reason to reach people. But if we come here twice a week and we let the enemy put a cap on us and we never receive his word, we're leaving here as a Christian, but not a disciple. There's got to be more. I've had this question asked for me many times. Chris, why don't we see that many healings? Why don't we see people raised from the dead? Why don't we see these things that they talk about in the Bible? And I love when Jesus looked at the disciples and said, you faithless generation. Because that's how I feel sometimes. Because I've seen people's legs grow. I've seen people's backs be healed. I've seen people demon-possessed become clean and purified and holy. Those things happen when you're moving in the fullness of God's glory. Why have you not experienced it? Because you have not wanted more. When you want more, when you ask God for more, he gives you more. He gives you more, but you got to want it with an obedient heart saying, you know what, this is not for my glory. It's nothing to do with me, but everything to do with you. God, I want to further your kingdom. That's what I want to do. God, I want to do what you've called me to do, further your kingdom. I know this has been short. I'm going to ask the band to come up because this fourth stage is going to go into the altar call. Because what is about to happen to this this thing symbolizes what happens when we ask God for more. You already, you're already picturing in your mind what, what's about to happen, what's going to go down. But when you're at a place where the enemy puts a cap on you, sorry, praise team. When you're at a place where the enemy puts a cap on, on you and lies to you, It's hard for you to grow. It's hard for you to be obedient. You start doubting God and you start saying, God, why don't you do the things that you did in the Bible? His word is truth and it's life. His his word is fullness. His word is more. Because when we come into this building, if you come here out of routine, which is what the world says a Christian is, Christianity is a routine of church Sunday and Wednesday. But when we believe God's word and we say there's more than just the church, it's actually being the church. When we get that and understand that, we say, you know what, enemy? You know what, enemy? Get out of my life. 